Hey, what's up, podcast? It's Jeff. Just want to jump in here. This is a special bonus episode of Teach Better Talk. This is actually going to be a the audio uh, recording from a Facebook Live that our team is doing every single day, Monday through Friday um, at 8 a.m. Eastern Time in our Facebook private group. You can get in that group at teachbettergroup.com or uh, go on to Facebook and just search Teach Better Team. You'll see our page and then you'll see the group get in there. So here we go, a special bonus episode of Teach Better Talk pulled from one of our Facebook Live videos in our private group at teachbettergroup.com. Hope you enjoy. So it looks like we are streaming, which is so exciting because that means that I can welcome everyone joining us to our daily drop-in this morning for the Teach Better team. So I am joined by somebody that I truly define as like the sunshine and you are sitting in sunshine, so it's wonderful. Would you mind introducing yourself to our network and sharing a little bit about what you do in education? Sure, good morning everybody. I'm hoping you're getting some sunshine too. It's cold here in Doylestown, Pennsylvania, but it's sunny, so we'll take it. Um, My name is Suzanne Daly and I'm an elementary instructional coach for the Central Buck School District. And so that equals to about 600 teachers and 9,000 students. And um, it's the greatest job in the world. So I get to do model lessons or I get to give non-evaluative feedback and really just help teachers be at their best. Oh, so fun. You know, Suzanne, we originally connected at the Teach Better Conference, I think it was, right? Yes, ma'am. It was so fun. What did you share on for Teach Better 19? What, what was your topic? So we, uh, I did, at the time it was called the Well-Balanced Teacher and it has now evolved, thankfully, to to you, Ray, uh, to be Teach Happier. And so the Teach Better team has given me a little platform to share some ideas and some strategies that are based in positive psychology to help us be not only a happy teacher, but a happy partner and a happy parent and a happy colleague and just to be all around happier. I I love it because um, I do a lot of the social media work for the Teach Better team. So that that requires me to kind of be monitoring what we push out frequently and kind of be up to date on, you know, what blogs are publishing, what free downloads are accessible now. And what, my favorite mornings are ones where I go to teachbetter.com slash blog and a new blog is published. It's all about Teach Happier because your blogs are so uplifting. There's so many positive elements. But then you also have these like totally appropriate tactical like takeaways that you can literally go do tomorrow to teach happier. And I love this mindset because it really is encouraging and encourage us to just be our happier selves. And I think that's so powerful. Thank you, Ray. And I'm using a lot of those strategies right now because I think a lot of us are digging deep, right, to try and, and feel as balanced and certain in such an imbalanced, uncertain time. I know. And I do want to get into that because I know I not only want to hear more about the situation we're in, you're in, but also uh, I know you have some updates that I think will be important to talk through. So really quick, for those of you that are just popping in, feel free to comment, say good morning. This daily drop-in is purely for you. Suzanne and I are just going to talk shop about education, but we are always eager to take your questions, be your brainstorming partner, all that wonderful, all those wonderful pieces. I also want to make sure that we give a shout out to those of you that are celebrating a holiday. Uh, We know Good Friday and Easter are upon us and Passover was yesterday and the day before and still currently going on. So there's a lot of celebration, a lot of time that we would normally have with family and specifically from the Teach Better team. And I know anyone in our network would echo it. 
We just are sending you so much love and positivity to enjoy your holiday. Uh, if you are watching this recording after the fact, then I just wanna remind you that if you join our Facebook group, you can actually be live with us and be a part of the conversation, ask questions, share resources. So yes, we know that you can catch these full episodes for our daily drop-in on YouTube and at the Teach Better uh, Talk bonus podcast episodes that we're pushing out. But also being here is better and I love seeing all these people commenting, between Kelly, Andrea, Brianna, Megan, Dave Schmidt in here, you know it's gonna be a ball. So. Um, so Suzanne, I know that I want to talk about kind of the circumstance we're in, how you're supporting educators throughout this time. But recently, as we've like started our, our session so far, we've had a whole swarm of people join, I'm sure because they saw that you were live with me. Aww. So would you mind giving us just an overview again of your role in education and then maybe tell us a little bit about how you're supporting teachers during this time where COVID-19 has taken us out of our classroom? Yeah, so in, in a normal world, <laughs> Uh, I'm an instructional coach for our elementary school. So um, I'm doing a lot of teaching, a lot of workshops, a lot of feedback to teachers. And so in a normal world, it's just to, again, uh, align with the Teach Better philosophy to just be better tomorrow than we are today. And it's so rewarding and joyful and uh, diverse every single day. But now in this new normal, which we I don't think we should call it the new normal, like it is not normal. Um, we are doing a lot of, you know, virtual coaching, virtual webinars. I have like a headset now with a thing. I'm like, who is this person? Like, I did not know her one month ago um, to just try and help teachers with technology platforms, trying to take all the free stuff that I know is so well intended, but to kind of sift through that, simplify it, streamline it a little bit and say, let's use these four tools really, really well instead of using 4,000 things kind of good. Um, so lots lots of, you know, so we might have 150 people at a time. Uh, and then, you know, there's all the individual follow-up or maybe connecting folks who are really, really good at things to just help us navigate this uncertain world so that we're doing the next right thing for each other and for our students. So can I ask, you know, obviously there's a lot of different things we can dive into, but I absolutely agree with your um, focus of wanting to find the right tools that we can implement properly and effectively and purposefully versus I think a lot of teachers were so excited. They felt this swarm of everything being sure. free and portable and then having this to like sift through it became a really big task to take on. You know, a lot of teachers in this group had the, the gift of time to be able to do that. But even myself, who I felt like I had the time, I wasn't even sure where to start. So what were kind of the go-to tools for you that you were like, hey, I know that we're so excited about things. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that these tools are the best and the only, but they're, they, they solve this purpose, so let's use them. What was kind of your go-to? Right, so we keep saying too much is too much. And so for our elementary world, for our 15 elementary schools, Seesaw is making distance learning happen. Um, it is just... As a parent of two elementary students as well, it's it's easier for families to navigate. And most of our teachers were using Seesaw, certainly not to this degree. So there was a bit of familiarity with teachers and families. Um, so that's really what we're using in Seesaw. And in secondary, we're a Microsoft district, so we're using Teams. And um, we're also using Canvas as our LMS in grades seven through 12. Um, and then K to 12, we're trying to streamlined for um, school check-ins. We're using certainly Teams meetings. 
we're using Flipgrid, we're using Padlet, but we're not using 7,000 things. We're really just starting slow and then trying to grow from there. But right now, there's enough new to navigate that hopefully simplifying it will help folks just get to the right start. Well, and I like that you identified a few key tech tools for like chunks of grade levels, because the reality is, is that while these technology tools might serve the same purpose, it might be easier for a younger student to navigate or more appropriate for an older student. And so I think that that's also like the next layer of finding the tech tool is making sure that it supports, you know, all the things that you need and the students and parents that will be using it. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you a little bit? Because I, I, I love Seesaw. I'm like oh, totally good. a fan. But I get asked all the time about it. And to be honest, I'll be completely transparent. I don't use it for all that I could. I just have my my one way that I use it, my students goal set and reflect every single day in Seesaw. And we and it, it's so perfect for that mm -hmm. for that purpose. But I get some emails sometimes they're like, hey, Ray, have you done this with Seesaw? Can you show me? And like foolishly, I'm like, no, I've never done that. Can you teach me how to do that? So what do you choose to use Seesaw for right now that you feel like it's really helping your families? So we've been breaking up our trainings of, you know, more of an introductory level or more of an intermediate level. Or if you're a seesaw ninja and you're ready to flip your classroom, come to this one. Right. And it's really interesting because you would I anticipated people would find one lane and kind of be there for a while. But what we're finding is over the course of a couple of weeks. People found their lane, but then they're listening in to the levels either above or below, um, which is so neat because they're just waiting to hear something. They'd be like, ooh, you know, I might want to try that. So we have teachers using it simply to post work and give feedback. Awesome. We have teachers who are screen recording and flipping their classroom. Awesome. We have teachers doing synchronous learning. Great. Asynchronous learning. Awesome. Um, the question I get asked the most, Ray, as an instructional coach is, Suzanne, I just want to do this right. Mm -hmm. um, and that's because we care and we care so deeply. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I, I have been known to oversimplify things. But I said, guys, we have to do three things here in distance learning, right? We've got to show up as best as we can, right? Yeah. And maybe that means posting and giving feedback. Maybe that means flipping your classroom. Show up the best we can. Love our kids. Right, just love them and let them know that they are loved and keep them thinking as best as we can. Um, that's it. Show up, love them, keep them thinking and kind of keep your eyes on your own paper right now. Um, I know that I can get overwhelmed and question myself when I see all the amazing things that colleagues are doing. But I have to remember to keep my eyes on my own paper, think of my own kids, stay in my lane and do the next best thing for them with what I'm able to provide. Yeah, you know, we talked about this a little at the Teach Better conference, and I mm -hmm. do this this, this uh, facilitated conversation with a few educators I've done before, where we talk about how educators are notorious for seeking out solutions, but mm -hmm. we only compare and go to each other's news feeds on things that we don't feel like we're doing well. So if I feel like I'm doing something really awesome, I think I made the joke at the Teach Better conference, like. I can eat a salad and fries like nobody's business. I am the best consumer of French fries on the planet. I don't need to go around to other other people's news feeds to see if I'm doing it right. Like I know I'm doing it right, ketchupsthebomb.com. But when it goes to like classroom management or trying to navigate remote learning, I mm -hmm. see myself and I see others going, turning to other teachers and rather than seeking advice with an, with an open mind, 
we often immediately compare and put ourselves down. I'm not doing enough. I wish I had thought of that. You know, oh, why didn't that work when I did it? Because it worked really well for somebody else. And I think that's such a dangerous space for us to be in right now that we need to celebrate the space that we're in. And I like that you're phrasing it like keep your eyes on your own paper because that's the same idea of, you know, really wanting to ensure that you are serving yourself in the right way, I guess, if that makes Sure. And serving our students, what works for one classroom in real world, that doesn't always work in my classroom. So in this virtual teaching space, we have to apply the same rules. Now, I don't mean keep your eyes on your own paper, meaning to just be tunnel visioned, but we just got to be anchored into what's best for our kids this year in this time. And generally, these are the magical days of the school year, right? Like March to May, March to June. Oh, those are good days and we're missing those days. And so we just have to be, have to be gentle with ourselves. It's everybody's first time. No school district has done this before. No superintendent has led a district. No teacher has taught a class. No principal has led a building. Mm -hmm. So that could be the recipe for a perfect storm. But I don't know, Ray, I haven't seen teachers be more innovative or collaborative. And people were celebrating that on last night's mastery chat um, with Jen. It's, there really is a lot of good right now. And but we've got a we've got to scan for that. It's never been more important, in my opinion. Yeah, Jen Apple, Jennifer Apple hosted Master Chat yeah. and I don't think there is. She is just so warm and generous. I mean, I feel like that even came across in her tweets, which mm-hmm. I actually participated last night, but I read them after the fact, and um, it was just amazing to see not only the the positivity she was able to share. But I think the the she's very authentic and genuine. And I think being able to interact with somebody virtually, whether it be on Twitter or Instagram or in a Zoom call or something like this, being able to connect with people on a very humanizing level and talk shop, I think is so important right now. Master Chat was just a fun example of that. And kind of reading back through, even though I couldn't participate was so fun. I feel like I still got so much value. It was really great last night. She did an amazing job moderating and you just, you left feeling pretty good. Yeah, I love that. You know, speaking yeah. pretty good, although I do assume that we'll we'll navigate back to remote learning because I know that there's some information we want to talk about and a lot of people are in the comments right now kind of echoing this this conversation of don't compare, we're just preparing and we should all work together. But you said something about, you know, being happy. I want to talk about teach happier. Will okay. you tell me a little bit about what you are sharing in these blogs and then how often they're coming out, how often you're writing? Things like that. Thank you. Um, they come out once a month. There's been a couple extra I've sent over to Caitlin. Just for example, I, I was running and I don't know why I had to do that. Like, you know what running looks like. And, and I thought, oh my gosh, keep your eyes on your own paper. That's a thing. And so I came home gross, sweaty and just wrote and sent it to Caitlin and said, I don't know what you think, but you know, so, so it's been a little bit, uh, you know, different. I, I've been sending her a few more things, but generally they come out at the beginning of the month, which is great. And then um, it, there's been some times where they're bonus episodes on a, on the podcast, mm-hmm. and it's just really inviting us to to learn about those those small shifts, like small stuff, you guys, because we can't handle big stuff. Um, that over time really makes an, a measurable, oftentimes permanent, positive impact in our lives. So, mm-hmm. so something little is. Like right now, um, I need to give myself some boundaries with where my energy is going. And I'm sure many of us on this 
call it or you know we can agree with that so airplane mode by 9 p.m no questions asked i need to shut it down and force myself to shut it down because if it's not like i'm getting notifications right now i'm i'm looking I, no ma'am like i need airplane mode by 9 p.m sometimes it's 8 30 and that's okay right um my teachers were helpers by design so all of us on this in this group, we're we're fielding texts and phone calls and questions, and we want to help, but we have to take care of ourselves and fiercely protect our um, our energy. And so, the last teach happier post was called "Happiness is a Discipline," and I know that sounds like a total buzzkill, like it really takes the fun out of it, but we have to do a little bit of work on our end to make sure that happiness is there. It just doesn't happen, people. Um, they're just not magically happy and that's it. Like it, it really does take work, but it's such important work. So those are the kind of things we try to share in the Teach Happier blog post. And thanks for giving me the space to do that, Ray. And oh, you are, I love these posts. Like I said earlier and I'll say it again now, I love being able to read blogs that give me not only a little bit of inspiration, but a little bit of next steps. And what I really appreciate, I know you joked about it here, but I mean wholeheartedly, this is the most valuable thing to me is that the, the things that you suggest for people to do are so eensy weensy tiny that I, 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 it seems like, well, how could I not choose to do that to better myself? It's so manageable versus, you know, you see people that are like, yes, do X, Y, and Z and they're massive changes and it changes your routine and you really have to like get in the habit of doing it and it becomes really hard to continue. And I just feel like this blog offers so many quick tips to allow somebody to just be a little bit better. And when I say a little bit better, I mean in a manageable way, it doesn't add to your to-do list and that's my kind of happier. So I just so appreciate it. I'm such a fan. Thank you. And so I, I, I was thinking the other day, the next post might be just really quick things. Um, just like a list of five things. Like for example, um, I don't know if you guys are the same way, but I can get sucked into like just scrolling. Like what am I even looking at? Nothing. Scroll. So what I've decided to do on my home screen is I have to decide. I have to go over four times to get to Facebook. There it is. Wow. Right. So I have to decide. Hold on. So I turn on my phone. Do I want to look at it? Do I still want to look at it? Are you sure, Suzanne? All right. Because if this little red one mm -hmm. is on my home screen, I'm going to want to look at the red one. Of course you are. I don't need to look at the red one. I don't. See how these people. That's it. When you're listening to this, either you're live with us or listening after the fact, like it's such an easy, quick tip that you're like, "Oh, I'm literally just moving an icon, and everything else can stay the same." And yet now I'm less sucked in. It's so powerful. So cool. Great. I love it. <laughs> so Suzanne, I know that we've gotten a lot of comments so far. I want to give a shout out oh, to everyone that's participating. A lot of people are really connecting with your idea of wanting to not only be happier but really ensure that we are, you know, not comparing ourselves to each other. And a lot of people are also commenting that they are, they are guilty of all the things that we're talking about and just wanting to kind of reset, bring Teach Happier into their lives. And the best part of Teach Happier, and I know this is silly, is like some of it has to do with the classroom, but a lot of it has to do with just like being a teacher and being happier. It's very much something that whether you're a classroom teacher, an administrator, a coach or anything in between, you can benefit from these suggestions. So I really appreciate that about all that you're doing. Andrea comments specifically, I fall under the same trap. So we're, we're all we living. It's true. <laughs> um, you know, when we popped onto our live session to check our audio before we went live, 
you shared that you got some news about your um, remote learning situation. And I, I don't necessarily want to dwell on it, but I do think right. it's something that is powerful to talk about. So the reason we do our daily drop-ins, not to blab on for those of you listening that already know, but Jeff, Chad, and I were together literally as state by state things were closing down. And um, we had a big team meeting that was completely canceled. We, we it was so bummed. We we're going to get all 13 people on the Teach Better team together. We we're going to do photos. We we're going to run around the city. And we just, everything was canceled. And, you know, really COVID-19 went into full force of people really staying in place. And when we were together, we were talking about how important it was for us to shift our gears as a team to make sure that we could support educators. And we didn't know what that meant because nobody knew what that meant but we just simply wanted to be available. And so when we did our daily drop-ins and decided to go live every single morning, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it was simply to talk shop and to answer questions. And the reason I don't want to just avoid these new updates is because while they are challenging, if we don't talk about them, then we can't unify around them. And so I really know that, you know, you got some frustrating news, some sad news, and I think it's important for us to kind of all be together and support the educators around the country that continue to go through this this challenging time. So tell us a little bit about um, your your district. So before I, I say that, Ray, like how great is it though for you guys that you've built this community, that you have enough people, like really great people that you can reach out to for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I mean, that is, that is I think, one of the greatest, um, I don't know, um, what am I trying to say? Like evidence of the group that, that you have built. So thank you to you and your team for building that kind of a group. Yeah. Um, so we, you got, we have a lot of sad teachers and students in Pennsylvania because we just learned yesterday, it was official from our governor that our school year um, is over in terms of like, we're not going back this school year. So we are going to continue with distance learning. Um, we just started what our district is calling phase two. Phase one was more of just keep the kids reading and writing and thinking that we had um, go bags actually that we had our elementary students prepare prior to this and they were just taking them home and bringing them back just in case. But it was just more review work, um, but now we're doing new instruction. And so um, we're, we've been doing really well, I think as well as we can with the new instruction piece, um, but we were still so hopeful that we would still be able to see our students. So as a teacher, it's sad. As a parent, it's sad. Um, I think we all kind of knew it was coming, but we're just really sad that it's here. And it's okay to be sad about it because we care deeply. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I think that I had told you this before we went live, but you know, a lot of educators have been going through this, but it's really at a distance for me, right? It's it's educators that are not necessarily in my my circle, my my personal circle. So you try and help, you know, facilitate some of this conversation, try and build them up. But when you said something this morning, it kind of hit me. And maybe I'm just maybe I'm just struggling with it this morning, but it hit me and I'm like, wait, like Suzanne Daly, like we've been we're friends. Like, how could how could this be something that that makes it real? You know what I mean? And so I'm just so saddened to think that, you know, the the opportunities that we have at the end of the year with students won't exist in the same capacity. And of course, we should now be empowered to figure out how we're going to make them happen in uh, a virtual way. And so I know that your teachers and all the teachers around the country are going to work tirelessly to try and create those experiences. But there is a part of me that um, 
honestly, I was, I was, I knew what, I knew it was going to happen, but I, I didn't think it would happen to, to my people. Do you know what I'm saying? Is that ignorant? Right. No, of course. Um, we always remain so hopeful. I think that's part of the definition of being a teacher. Yeah. But um, so I think that districts just need to to plan as if that's what's going to happen. And and we're, we're all going to be OK. It's just um, it's a lot in our teachers minds and hearts. And, you know, it's just heavy. But we'll we'll keep going. And it's like I said, it's OK to be sad and disappointed, but we'll get there, Ray. Man. Yeah, you know, I have to tell you, there hasn't been, and maybe it's just the circle I'm operating within, because you know that, you know, between going live for these events and everything else, like maybe I'm staying in a bubble, but I've seen a lot of problem solving where mm -hmm. teachers are asking about tech tools, asking about structure, taking courses at, you know, Teach Better Academy on running a virtual classroom. They're reading blogs. They're doing all these things. I haven't necessarily seen, or I haven't been exposed to the time where teachers are actually grieving yet, like grieving over this loss. Like, I think we've been in problem solving mode and like teachers are great in a crisis, right? Like we are, you know, people that are trustworthy. And I, I think that there is an element of this. And I think I know a lot of our, our comments have even noted it over the past few weeks of like teachers finally admitting that, you know, gosh, I'm struggling with this. Like I'm really struggling not seeing my students. I'm struggling with this idea that I may not see them in the future. And so do you know of any outlets where like that's being discussed yet? Or do you think that's bubbling up because the reality might be, you know, hitting teachers differently? It's a really good question. I, I, I think it's going to organically bubble up, but you just made me connect something from last night's mastery chat, which was it was coming out that kind of for the first time in a long time, every decision, you know, that you were just listing all of the. The, the decisions of parent communication and instruction and materials are all because of our students, right? Like we, we, we are anchored by what's best for our kids and the kind of quiets the noise a little bit, um, mm -hmm. which I feel like it's been a really long time in education since we've been able to do that. But that's what makes the grieving so hard is because it's all about our students. Right. And that's mm -hmm. like that, that really, I'm, that can make me cry right now, but it's, this is tough stuff, right? And so I know that our school district has been providing links for um, virtual counseling services or just, you know, different avenues of, of what's been um, available throughout the years in our district, but maybe people just haven't known about those services because they haven't been needed yet. So um, again, I know the, you know, people in the medical field, in the grocery stores, like these are all the heroes, but our our um, mental wellness professionals are, are also the heroes during this because we need them. We're, we're going to need to help get through this together. Yeah. And a little bit more teach happier. That's what we yeah. need. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. I don't know if we have any daily drop-in scheduled with him, but uh, Jennifer Apple, who hosted Mastery Chat, is married to Hans Apple, and he is a counselor in a school. I wonder if he would be somebody that would be beneficial to come on to a daily drop-in and maybe dive into this a little bit more in terms of, you know, how you support educators that are going through this. Because whether you're an educator personally going through it or you also are responsible, like in an administrator role or coaching role to help others process through this, I think there must be some strategies and tips that we can look at to enhance that. So they'll have to be something that we put on the list coming soon. I love it. 
So fun. Well, thank you for sharing all that. I know that it's a really challenging time in education, uh, but I do want to focus now on because we have this, this gift of time, we have the next few weeks or for some of us, the next few months where we're going to be doing distance learning. And we have kind of gone through this process already of, you know, trying everything and seeing what fails and hopefully, you know, seeing some successes and moving all these pieces. Now we need to move into how can I make this sustainable and how can I recreate the amazing opportunities I would have given my students in the classroom and how can I duplicate that at home? So do you think that you have some teachers that are going through this process now of they have some great end of the year activity that they're now thinking, okay, so what is the virtual equivalent to make sure that my students still get this experience? Oh, certainly. And, and it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier, like these few months are always just they're the best, right, <laughs> with our kids. Um, so I think that once we are able to, and when I say settle in, I just mean not feeling like we're on the ceiling. When we settle in a little bit with instructing in this way, because none of us went to school for this, none of us have done this before, um, then I think we can ratchet it up and think about how to make those, um, continue to, to foster those connections with our classrooms. But I gotta say, Ray, I go to a lot of um, morning meetings with elementary classrooms and when they hear their teacher, right? It's their voice. When they hear their teacher, when they see their teacher, there is such a difference than reading um, instructions online. And, and I also see it at the secondary level too, but my work is primarily um, K through six. So as much as we can continue to do that, many of us um, do big grand things at the end of the year. and big and grand might not be sustainable for us right now. So what are the small things that we can do maybe a little bit more consistently, you know, like checking in with our kids face to face so they can hear our voice or one of our teachers, she just wrote each kid a little postcard and popped it in the mail. And now we're seeing um, the postcards come back, you know, so little handwritten things. And I, I know that that has nothing to do with technology. And that makes my heart grow three sizes like the Grinch. That is, the gift of time and space, as you said earlier, Ray, like that's the kind of stuff we can do that we just didn't have time for before. Um, so I think capitalizing on that is really, really important. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, my students end the year with a geometry project where my classes compete Ooh. building life-size Lego suits. Like we have, we pick a student and each class. Of course they do, Ray. <laughs> oh, it's so fun. They pick a student, they get to identify who the model is for that class. And they literally have to create working arms, torso, head, like the, and they have to be able to, the best part, the funniest part is that they have to compete in like an Olympic challenge with their Lego suit at the end to see, you know, what stays together and what falls apart. It's a great use of, you know, geometry and measurement and all these other wonderful things. And so um, I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, okay, so if I can't do that with them, or if, you know, we have, it takes so much cardboard, if we can't bring in that much cardboard this year, then what is the possible, you know, like equivalent? And maybe there's something where students need to create, you know, suits at home using household items, you know, using geometry to whatever. But I just, if we can find ways to kind of tweak the things that we exposed our students to and still try and find ways to instill that joy and, and bring in content so it's purposeful, I think that, that that's going to be on teachers' minds. Uh, sooner rather than later to figure that out. That'll be neat when um, 
well, and we don't even know when like the last day of school is going to be quite yet either. But once the time of year starts happening to see what certainly people in our PLN are are sharing, you know, that we could possibly replicate or, or modify a little bit will be great. Um, I know. What a time. I know. We have a comment here from Megan saying uh, that Andrea and I are going to send postcards to our students over mm -hmm. the next few I can't wait to just write them a quick note. I think that's really important. I, you know, I posted in our private Facebook group um, yesterday because I was in the midst yesterday of preparing kind of the end of our week, our week for our school. We had remote learning Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday we had an institute and Friday today is Good Friday. We wouldn't have had school. So um, we, I was like looking at the students that didn't engage with math throughout that like three-day week. And I sent them a video, a personal video and an email, just trying to be like, just checking in. I care about you. I haven't heard about you. And it's amazing how many responses I got because the students love that you just took the time to see them. And I think that that's really important. And I love that um, that Megan is talking about the postcards, because if you think about our current students, like they don't get what we get with like, oh, they're, I have mail, like we love, right? Like that just isn't something that they experience as often as we did as kids because they're gonna get a text or whatever. Um, so I think bringing back some of that, um, some of the practices that really help strengthen human connections is such an opportunity for us. So I'm trying to think like, okay, so let's talk like logistically. So if I'm a teacher and I'm gonna write postcards, I know some teachers in here, teach anywhere from 12 students to a 150 or 200 students, right? So let's just assume, and you take the next few days, you take the next few weeks, you write some postcards, meaning that you have maybe postcards or notes um, available at your home, or the next time you go grocery shopping, like go pick up a pack of cards, right? Totally doable. Yep. And then do you feel like they need to be mailed or would the, could you like deliver them in their mailboxes? Like, what do Ooh, you think about that? That's a good idea. Yeah, I guess depending on where you live versus where your students live, that would be amazing. Um, a couple of teachers in our district have been making like lawn signs to just say like, hi, Ray, I miss you, you know, love Mrs. Daly. Just really cute things. And, and so that innovation too of just like a piece of paper and a marker. I love it. I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I, it's so easy because as teachers, we obviously have access to our students' names and their their addresses. So, yeah. you know, besides this trying to identify, you know, spending the cost on postage, maybe you could reach out to your principal and see if maybe that could be something that the school supports you on. I think it's just super easy. I know um, it looks like somebody wrote here. Uh, it looks yeah. like Candace. It says, I wrote an email to my students, the info for address and phone numbers is wrong for many of my students. Oh, okay. So I have uh, like a transient population. It was good seeing their responses. So again, it, it's not so much that you have to have a specific way. We're not necessarily telling you if you're listening now um, that you have to go write postcards today, but find a way to spread a little bit more happiness to a student just by showing them that you acknowledge them, that you see them, that you miss them. I think that's really what everyone needs right now. And research will show, Ray, not to get all weird, but positive psychology will say when we write that postcard and send it, whether it's through email or mail, our happiness level biologically will increase when they look at, you know, brain imaging. So um, it actually will come right back at us and that is backed in science. And so if we are in a rut sometime, like yesterday was a tricky day for our family. We were saddened by the news. We just couldn't get into a groove. It was someone called a dumpster fire, but 
it's just like, ugh. Um, And so I thought, all right, I'm going to reach out to three people right now. I'm going to, I'm going to strengthen three relationships right now. And the way that that turned me around was pretty incredible. Um, And so if we take the time and space to reach out and strengthen our relationships with our students or members of our family or friends that we're just not seeing, that will scientifically um, boost our own happiness. And what's better than that? See, and this is a Perfect time to talk about that because I know a lot of families are going to be connecting virtually over the next few days if they're celebrating a holiday. I know last night specifically, I was on a Zoom call with about 30 other people and we were uh, talking through some information for Passover and we were talking about our gratitude and what we appreciate. And one person specifically was sharing out, we were talking about how we're like uplifting our spirits during this time. And He was like, oh, well, I'm choosing to actively reach out to three people a day to just say hi and, you know, continue to foster those relationships. He's like, I wouldn't have had the time to do it. And now I am. And so to hear everybody kind of share how they're really working on building relationships and keeping happiness flowing in their families and and all this stuff, it's just so, so fun to reconnect with people. You never know how fun a Zoom meeting can be until you have 30 of your family members on it. They're like a time warp, though, right? It just goes so fast. Oh my gosh. Yes. We logged on at like six and I, I kid you not. I bet we were still on that zoom call at like 1130. It was oh so, it was the longest call of the planet. And of course it like stopped and restarted a few times because whatever, but, um, Oh man, it was, it was a lengthy night of everyone swapping stories. It's so fun. Uh, and so, you just smile, just talk, talking about it and remembering it. And so that's really great. So fun. So great. So Suzanne, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know that you have very important things to do today, but also doing amazing things in education. Um, Would you kind of tell me if if somebody was popping in late or didn't catch the full recording of this episode and they're just kind of quickly going to the end, what do you think would be your biggest takeaway that you would want someone to grasp after popping into the daily drop-in and connecting with you, uh, what do you think is most important for them to remember for this morning? I think as we navigate this unprecedented, uncertain time, um, we cannot do it wrong. (laughs) We can't do it wrong. And it's kind of going back to those three things, right? If we're showing up as best as we can, if we are loving our students and we are keeping them thinking, we are doing it right. And that could mean high, high tech, low, low tech, postcards, no postcards, like whatever it is that we are, whatever our strength is in the classroom is our strength in this kind of a classroom. So if we're able to do those three things with the current class that we have, meeting them where they are and making them feel loved, keeping them thinking and showing up, we're doing it. We can't mess it up. We've never done this before. It's so, so powerful. Suzanne, if somebody's listening to our daily drop-in right now, whether they're listening to the recording on Teach Better Talk podcast as a bonus episode, or if they're watching this on YouTube, or if they're participating live right now, um, where can they stay connected with you so that they can not only make sure they go read the Teach Happier blogs, but also just continue to learn from all your expertise every single day? Oh, I would love to connect with as many people as possible on Twitter. And my handle is at Daily Suzanne. Perfect. I love it. And of course, you can head over to teachbetter.com to read all of Suzanne's blogs. I can only imagine that this is only the beginning of the amazing things that she continues to do with the Teach Better team, but also just continues to do in her work. It's so important. And like I said, Suzanne, I said it numerous times this week on other daily drop-ins. I was so excited 
excited to spend my morning with you because I just love your energy. I love the way that you share. I love your blogs. I'm like truly a fan. So it's always Aww, good to connect. Thank you, Ray. And I hope that everybody listening chooses to do this because you really are somebody that I have very high on a pedestal. So I really appreciate you. Thank you, Ray. Thanks, everybody, for being here this morning. We've got a lot of good people over there. I know. All right. We'll connect with you guys later. Don't forget that we have a daily drop-in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So we will see you next week. And if you need anything, we're always here. So head over to teachbetter.com for resources, or you can join our private Facebook group, which is active with these videos all the time and resources at teachbettergroup.com. So we'll see you guys later. Bye, guys.